listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Good morning. May the Lord give you peace and with your spirit. We have some tremendous days here at this time of the calendar. Thank God the summer is over. <laughs> I'm one of those cold, cold weather people. Uh, but also the, the so many tremendous feast days of the saints. Recently we had St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, uh, St. Jerome. We've got um, yesterday the great St. Teresa of the Azul, the little flower who we all love so much. Today, if it wasn't Sunday, would have been the guardian angels. So don't forget your guardian angel today, Okay. Um, the feast of the death of St. Francis on October 3rd, and then, of course, the great feast day of St. Francis, October 4th. One of the best days of the year. I might be a little biased. Um, we do have the blessing of the animals here at 4 o'clock. Uh, if you have any beasts or creatures, you know, like living ones, like don't bring steak. And Okay. Um, and uh, Father Michael's invited me to be the one. So you have a real Franciscan doing the blessing here uh, this year. Um, and then on the 5th, St. Faustine of the Divine Mercy Saint, the 7th, Our Lady of the Rosary. I mean, the hits keep coming. It's such a great time of the year. And uh, so praise God for that. And uh, once again, this weekend, the readings are just so wonderful. And uh, I have to share with you that sometimes I kind of feel frustrated because, um, you know, at Mass, obviously the homily has a particular thing it's supposed to be. But I'm like, oh, I wish we weren't at Mass with, you know, we could actually be at a Bible study where we could really dig deep into God's Word and, and, and get uh, deeper into what's being said here. It's so profound and beautiful. Um, you know, if you go to Mass regularly, you get exposed to quite a lot of the Bible, but it's usually just, like, it's snippets, right? It's just little snippets, but uh, as Catholics, we, the Bible is our book, and it's God's Word, and we have such a tremendous love and reverence for the Bible and uh, the readings this weekend, um, in particular, kind of have the theme of faith, of, th of, of what it means to believe in God, to trust in God. And in the first reading, it's kind of a strange reading from the prophet Habakkuk. I'm kind of laughing because somebody wrote the name phonetically here on the book, Habakkuk, okay. And uh, he's one of the 12 minor prophets, so he's not as well known as some of the major prophets like Isaiah and Jer Jeremiah and... Daniel, but here's Habakkuk, and this book of Habakkuk is really so good. Um, it's one of these books where the prophet wrestles with God, and he wrestles with the question, why is there suffering? Why is there suffering? Why are we going through difficult times? And um, the, the takeaway that the prophet, like his mission to preach a word was to trust in God, to believe in God, to have faith in God. No matter what's happening, no matter what you're suffering, no matter how terrible things look, still keep your faith in God. That's the main message of this book. And um, I just absolutely love that so much. Uh, over the last week at Daily Mass, we just had the, the readings from the book of Job. And that's another one of those books that wrestles with this question. And uh, I'm just going to reread for us the opening line of this reading from Habakkuk because I think he articulates so well what so many people have experienced. He, the prophet says, How long, O Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. And how many of us have had moments like that? You know, where we're, we're 
really suffering, we're crying out to God, and you have an experience of, is anyone listening? <laughs> Where are you? You know, and what? If you're all good and all loving, why did you let this happen? Um, it says in the Catechism that there are two experiences for humans that make uh, the faith difficult. It's like a test or trial of faith. Suffering and death. Um, it's quoting actually one of the documents of Vatican II that it's, this, it's the encounter with death by which man's condition is most called into doubt. Suffering and death. And um, so the readings here are, are really quite profound. And uh, again, the prophet Habakkuk in his own struggle, he, he ends in the place of no matter, like if you don't understand, you, don't, you feel like God is being silent, trust in the Lord, have faith. Have faith and trust in the Lord. Similar to what St. Paul tells us in the second reading, that our faith is like, what well, he uses the language of a, a, a rich trust that's been entrusted to us that we need to cherish and guard. Sometimes in theology, they call that the sacred deposit of faith. This content of what God has revealed, particularly in the Bible and particularly in the teachings of Jesus, in his life and in his teachings. And um, I have a, a little story I'd like to share to just kind of pull it all together. Um, one of the things that I love to do is I love to pray with sacred art. I love icons. I love stained glass windows. And um, I have a devotion which has been so near and dear to me is whenever I go to a new church that I've never been in, I love to pray the Stations of the Cross. You have the beautiful Stations of the Cross here and, you know, the, the beautiful artwork. And I know during Fridays and Lent, we pray the Stations and often we have a book with a meditation and we sing the Stabat Mater but um, I love to just pray it on my own, no book, and just allow the Holy Spirit to, to lead to a, a place of deeper prayer. And particularly when you pray in front of a piece of art, you know how artists are so gifted and creative. So often when you, you take a chance to pause and reflect, there'll be little details. And then you, what is the artist saying there with that detail? It's so interesting. Well, I know that we're all praying for our loved ones down in Florida right now. And um, a couple of years ago, I was down in Florida giving a retreat. I was at Ave Maria University, which is kind of inland from Naples. Has anybody ever been to Ave Maria University? Somewhat of a new, okay, it's founded by the Domino's guy, you know, Tom Monahan. And, um, so I was there and giving a retreat to the college students. And I had a free afternoon. And they had just built this big, beautiful new church. Kind of looks like a bishop's mitre. And I had a few hours free. So I said, let me go and pray the Stations of the Cross. So on my own, I go in there, and I start praying the Stations of the Cross. And again, no book, just standing before each piece of art, and something very special started to happen. You know, it's not always like this, but sometimes the Holy Spirit allows you to kind of go deeper. And, and I was really just feeling so moved by the images and uh, calling to mind the times that I've been in Jerusalem. You know, when you go on pilgrimage to the Holy Land, you get to do the way of the cross in the streets of Jerusalem. That's actually how it all started with the Franciscans. And then um, for people who can't go to Jerusalem, they got the idea of making the stations in all the churches around the world so you could walk with the Lord and ponder um, what he did for us. And I'll never forget, by the time I got to the 12th station, which is the crucifixion, I had received the gift of tears, which is really not normal for me. And I'm just so moved by the Lord's love and, and compassion and just thinking about the whole thing. And as I stood before the image of Jesus on the cross, um, I had this really funny memory from the past. And uh, I want to share that with you. 
So I'm there praying, and I'm seeing the image of Jesus, you know, beaten and bruised and naked, bleeding on the cross. And it's almost like he's a sign, right? He's almost like a billboard that's been put up. And, you know, the Romans, they had this way of, of crucifying people, and um, they would put the crime that they did on a board above their head. So Jesus' crime was that he was the king of the Jews, and they would put it in a public place where everybody could see, almost like a billboard saying, hey, don't cause trouble, or this is what will happen to you. And as I'm there just pondering this, this image, I had this memory of a Superman movie. So in 2006, the Holy Spirit does weird things, right? You know, there's this movie of Superman. I've always loved superheroes in comic books, and, you know, Superman's like one of the great ones, right? So at the end of the movie, Superman is um, flying off, and he leaves Earth's atmosphere, and he goes to kind of hover over the Earth. And he's got his uh, cape, you know, and it's flowing. And you hear the voice of his father. He's having a memory of something his father, Kael, had said to him. And, and it goes something like, you are not one of them, but I'm sending you to that planet so you can help them. And uh, as he's hovering over the Earth and he's looking down, he's listening to the whole planet. And it's almost like a divine image of this powerful creature who kind of watches over the earth and he's listening and he's listening and you hear all these different voices from planet earth and then he hears what sounds to be like some sort of crime that's happening and he kind of like comes to and flies back down to earth and there's this epic music and he's here he comes to save the day and uh, I kind of think that that's why we love Superman so much right you know this is what he does he comes at the, just the right moment. Something bad is about to happen. He swoops in with his power and he stops it. And he saves the day. And, and I had this memory. And in my mind, I'm imagining that image from the movie and I'm imagining Jesus on the cross. And I started to understand how different the real God is. And this is what the prophet Habakkuk is crying out, the book of Job. It's like, if you're all good and all loving and all powerful, how come you don't come? and intervene, and stop the bad things that happen. Evidently, that's not God's plan. That's not how the real God acts. He is not like Superman. What was his plan? What was this rich trust that St. Paul talks about? His plan was something quite different. He wanted to come and enter into our humanity. Remember the words of Superman's dad, you're not one of them. No, God the Father says to God the Son, you are one of them. Jesus took a real humanity and he entered into the mystery of suffering and death. St. Paul says in Philippians that although he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality something to be grasped at. He, he emptied himself, meaning that as God, he could have been the biggest bully on the block. He could have showed up and just... What did, what did Jesus say to um, Pontius Pilate? If I wanted to, I could call on God the Father to send all the angels and we could stop this whole thing right now. But he chose not to. He chose to enter into the suffering. He chose to submit himself to the misuse of free will. The Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, Pontius Pilate, the Roman soldiers. He surrendered himself out of love for us. This is how he chose to intervene. And it's beautiful and mysterious. He offered himself. Jesus did not suffer and die on the cross so that now we don't have to suffer or die. No, rather, 
Jesus suffered and died on the cross so that now we can suffer. But now our suffering is redemptive. Our suffering has meaning and purpose. Our suffering can be united to Jesus, his one sacrifice. He's inviting us to unite ourselves, whatever we might be going through, even on our darkest day, things have been changed. And he died on the cross so that now we can die. But now we die with peace. We die with joy. We die without fear because we know where we're going. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you also may be. And no one has shown greater love than to lay down their life for their friends. This is what God has done in Christ, in a real humanity. And this is so beautiful and mysterious and profound. There is no other religion in the whole world that has any idea similar to this at all. It is such a shock that this is what God did. This is what God does. So that now when we're, we're having a struggle, we're having a trial, there's something we're going through, we no longer have to cry out to God. All you have to do is whisper his name because he's so close. He hears every prayer and he's with us with every trial, every cross that we carry, every test that we undergo, suffering, death, difficulty. It's all been transformed in Christ. And you know, on the last day, when we finally make it to the other side, all of our sufferings, all of the trials, all of the difficulties will redound to God's glory. There will be a grace that will be present on the other side for the tests that we endured and the suffering. No suffering is now wasted. All the difficulties and trials can be for God's greater glory to join it as a sacrifice to our prayers, that our prayers would have a greater weight and power this is the power of love. It's not the power of the guy who shows up and um, it's like God refuses to be the master manipulator. He refuses to be the puppet master controlling everybody, but rather he invites us to trust him, to have faith in him no matter what. And that is a beautiful message. And that's the message we need to hear today more than ever before. So let us pray for the grace to trust God, to have faith in him, even on the days when it's difficult. Amen. You've been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, The Renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. Thank you.